Hey, what's happening, guys? Grace and peace to you. Uh, welcome back to the Live the Life podcast. I uh, really appreciate you guys listening and sharing. Um, in our last message, uh, we talked about um, what's your problem. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call this part two and uh, call this message, <laughs> uh, what's wrong with you? Uh, and there's a reason why we're going down this path, and it's not it's not a negative reason at all. So uh, as bad as that sounds, uh, let's get through this message, and uh, hopefully here at the end, uh, you'll all be encouraged by it. And uh, Tamara, my love, says hello, by the way. Um, yeah, you can just pray for us. Um, you know, again, we've been here, I don't know, about a month now in North Carolina. It's its hard, man. It's hard packing up and moving anywhere. You know, uh, we've moved around uh, all around Orange County, you know, but we were always near our friends. We always had our support group around us. So, so being out here is hard. You know, we don't have that. Um, I'm kind of getting in a groove. I've, I've got some things going on. So um, I'm finding my stride a little bit. Um, but Tamara's you know, struggling a bit with, uh, just, just with the move and, uh, uh, we're becoming empty nesters, you know, it's never really happened. Um, so now it's starting to, and, uh, it's really taken a toll. So please, uh, lift us up in prayer. And, uh, those of you that are, that are good friends with Tamara, if you could please reach out and give her a call. Uh, don't worry about the time difference. Just get on the phone, be intentional. Uh, and reaching out, you know, I know we all have busy lives, but, you know, uh, hopefully we've encouraged you guys over the years and, you know, especially you men and brothers out there that have been around me, you know what I mean? Whenever you're in the car, whenever you always got time, dude, whenever God puts somebody on your heart, pick up the phone and, uh, yeah, there, that was a little rabbit trail. That was for free. All right. So I guess if I were to subtitle this, it would be called uh, Shatter the Soundtrack of Shame. You know, so what's wrong with you? See, I knew you would fall again. You're no good. You know, you're not a man. You're not a, you're not a good father. You're not a good husband. You're not a good wife. You're not a good worker. You know, fill in the blank. Uh, these are all things that the devil says to us. These are things that Satan says to us. You know what I mean? When we fall, when we make a mistake, these are this, well, well, I'll just say this is the soundtrack that goes on in our mind, the battlefield of our mind, the prison of our mind, which recall that, you know, our, our minds need to be renewed, right? In Corinthians, Paul talks about that, the renewing of the mind, you know? So this soundtrack of shame starts spinning, right? And it's the devil saying it. I knew you would fall again. I knew you would do that again, right? And then we start, you know, then this other part of it kicks in where we, we believe we're not good and we don't measure up. And again, all of this is from Satan. All of it is called the soundtrack of shame. So I want to read to you out of Luke 22. This is called Peter's Denial. This is verse 54. It says, then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. Do we ever follow 
a guilty distance from God? That was an insert by me. Verse 55, And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. And a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. Talking about Peter being with Jesus. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, Peter said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You are also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. And about an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned to Peter and looked straight at Peter. I believe in that moment, Jesus said to Peter with his eyes, Peter, meet Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. I want to touch on that when the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. When I say Peter, meet Peter. You know, last week we talked about what's your problem, right? And I lightly touched on at the end of that message. And again, I'm going to lightly touch on it again because it's a deep topic. Um, but we are the way we are for certain reasons. You know what I mean? And uh, speaking for myself, I lived in denial for a long time. I had some blind spots in my life, areas that people told me I had, and I still didn't see it. I mean, you could videotape me doing something and I would deny it. You know, I had these weird blinders on. And it wasn't until I went to counseling, a temperament counselor, uh, who you know, I did a test and all that. And he said, well, here's your temperament. And then he went on to tell me exactly what I do, how I respond, how I react to different things blew me away. And in that moment, it was a Jeff meet Jeff moment. And, uh, fortunately, um, I had been walking with the Lord. I was deep with the Lord. And again, in my transformation, I knew that I had a problem, which is what led me to go to counseling. It was actually my brothers in men's group, and I didn't want to hear it, but I had men tell me the truth, said, you need to go to counseling, dude. You are jacked up, you know? And uh, for whatever reason, I'd been told that before, but, you know, it, it caused me to get online. I looked up a nearby counselor and Found a great counselor, by the way. His name's Gary Aris. He's in Brea, California. If you guys are out that way, he's a wonderful man, Christian man. I believe it's called Finally Alive Ministries. Shout out to them. It's just uh, an amazing, amazing man um, who helped uh, me and, and Tamara together. So it says, you know, when Peter meet Peter, you know, when he felt that and he knew that, you know, it says he went outside and he wept bitterly. And isn't that true when we fall, when we sin, when we make promises to the Lord? Uh, and we fail, you know, which happens every day. We all fall every day, right? In some way, shape or form. Hopefully we're getting better. But when that happens, uh, the soundtrack of shame, you know, kicks in. So some of the questions were, have we ever followed God from a guilty distance in our life? You know, so the first thing, you know, when the enemy kicks in, 
when Satan kicks in, you know, when we do sin, he, he, you know, we start to feel that we're not worthy, that we, you know what I mean? We're afraid to go to church. We're afraid to worship the Lord. We're afraid to even pray to God. We're like embarrassed, you know? And that's not who the Lord is, man. He's the prodigal, not the prodigal. We're the prodigal. He's the loving father in that story. He always comes a running when we turn back towards him. And it's not a get out of jail free card to, to keep sinning and to keep screwing up, knowing that God's going to be there when we turn around. But because the, the downside is there's consequences to our choices. You know, that's my definition of the wrath of God isn't that God's a wrathful God. He's a good judge. But the wrath of God is the consequences of our own choices. When we choose to step outside the covering and the protection and the love of our Father, life happens and things happen. So we never really get away with anything. But the constant is the love of the Father never changes for us. You know, so have we ever been in church, but our hearts were far from God, right? Peter went and wept bitterly. Have we ever went and wept bitterly? Have we ever felt this way when we're sitting in church that we don't belong there? Or we don't want to be there. We're, you know, our mind's just going a mile a minute. So we can identify, right? So isn't it funny how the enemy, actually it's not funny, but how the enemy takes something you did and convinces you that's who you are. Isn't it funny how the enemy takes something you did and then convinces you that's who you are, right? So the guilty feeling is, is we know what we did was wrong, so we feel guilty. And then it's the shame that kicks in after that. And the shame makes us feel that that's who we are. So he goes right for our identity, which is the core values of the new 24, right? Is our identity in Christ, knowing who God is and knowing who we are in Christ. And the enemy attacks that all the time. Satan attacks that all the time. Revelations 12.10, the accuser trying to shame us, the accuser of the brethren who is Satan. You know, temptation and accusations are weapons to suffocate the spiritual life out of you. Temptation and accusation. The temptation of sin and then being accused when you slip and when you fall, the enemy kicks in. But there's good news you know, in John 14, 26, we have the Spirit Advocate, right, to remind us of everything that God has done for us and that we have this great Advocate who's defending His children, right? Defending God's children. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So we have the accuser who is Satan against the Advocate who is God. Who do you think is going to win that battle? Who do you think lives inside of you when you choose to believe and receive Jesus Christ? So we have victory over our accuser through our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, and our Father God. You know, we in church try to shame people towards God. Shame can't change you. Only grace can. Only grace can. I believe the word of the day, it might have been this morning, was about gentleness. And I prayed for that, that I would respond with gentleness, that I would speak with gentleness, you know. And when you're, when you're telling people about the Lord, when they're asking, you know, there's a saying that says, tell as many people as you can about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have to, you know, use words, right? So 
how we live our life, how we respond to things, the way we treat people, the way we talk to people, the way we listen really reflects Jesus very well, right? So people know there's something different about us. And then if we can respond with this compassion and this gentleness the way Jesus did, then, you know, that's what changes people's lives. They need to have a God encounter, you know? It's not bad reading gospel tracts. It's not bad letting people know that there's heaven and hell. All that stuff's true. Uh, but what I found, what sticks is when they have a love encounter. And they only have a love encounter through you initiating conversation, asking questions, and actually listening and hearing their response just as Jesus would and then you wait on the Lord and he may give you a word of knowledge for that person he may give you a word of encouragement a lot of times I found when you're out evangelizing uh, being intentional in evangelizing that's what you're there to do uh, God will give you words for people and when he does there's an emotional breakthrough and when there's tears and there's weeping and they feel the power of the Lord they're not going to forget that encounter. You know, um, the other stuff, nothing wrong with it, man. Whatever it takes to get people into the kingdom. But for me, what I found is love, right? We got it. We serve a God of love and mercy. So witness with love and mercy to those around you, right? So only grace can save you. The accuser will mount you and pound you with his soundtrack of shame. But I want to encourage you to not listen to it. You know, conviction is a gift from God where he touches an area of your life and he wants you to change it. And he gives you the grace and the power to do it. He defends our righteousness. And the difference is condemnation, which is what the accuser, Satan, puts on you. He condemns you, right? He wants you to feel unworthy and steal your identity and rob anything that Jesus has put in your life, any goodness that God has put in your life. So Luke 22, verse 31, <coughs> says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. This is at the Last Supper. But I prayed for you, Simon, that, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the roaster crew... Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. But when you turn back, God restores us. He knows us, and he's always waiting. Right? Shame makes you hide from, uh, from the Lord, and God's conviction draws you back in. So the three P's of shame is personal. You know what's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. God loves you just the way you are. He created you. He made you. He loves you exactly how you are. And it's through your relationship with Him and knowing and understanding how much God loves you as you, as you interact with Him. You read His Word. You meditate on His Word. There's this transformation that starts to happen. And out of the goodness of His heart and out of Him working for His good, right? Working for the good of God's purposes for our life. He will transform anything that he doesn't want in our life anymore. But he loves us exactly the way we are. And there's nothing wrong with the, you know, with the way that God made you or the way God made me. 
you know. And again, it's just through this process, you know, God came that we could enter into this perfect relationship, that we could be with him and his Father and the Holy Spirit, live forever together, you know. And uh, there's this transformation that just happens, right, as we're, as we're becoming more like Jesus. So, the first P is personal. The second P is permanent. You got to watch what comes out of your mouth. I always say that. I always do this. I always react that way. Like you can never break a cycle. I always go back to it. I always do this sin. I always go to that place. You got to break that cycle. Again, shatter the soundtrack of shame. Shatter, which means destroy, which means it can't spin anymore in your mind, right? Break it, shatter it. All right? There's nothing permanent in your life. Nothing permanent. Nothing that God can't change in your life. Nothing. He can change it all. He can turn it all around. All right? And the last P is, is per, pervasive, right? You mess up everything and everybody around you. You know, we're... <laughs> We're responsible for our own choices, right? Um, but this this last one here, man, I mean, it really, really, this could move you towards depression. This could move you towards just, you know, fur, you know, far away from God, believing that you're the one that messes up everything and everybody around you. It just really makes you want to just stay in a shell, man, and not get out there and live life, you know, and God wants us to get out there and live life. We have a short time here on earth. God gave us the rule book for Christian living in the Bible that we could live our best life now here on earth um, through obedience to him and his word, which brings you more joy than you could ever imagine. Um, yeah. So personal, permanent, and pervasive. I just say no to all those things. There's nothing wrong with you. God loves you just as you are. There's nothing God can't change. And invite God into every situation of your life. And as you step out in faith and, and do things the way God would want you to do them, then you're not responsible for, for what happens. He is. Surrender those things into God's big hands. Let Him do the work. Amen. So the rooster crowed three times. It reminded Peter of his denial of Peter's failure, and every time he heard it, he was reminded. So what, what roosters are crowing in your head? What roosters are crowing in your head? You know, I've, I've ruined my, my marriage, maybe you've ruined your relationship, screwed up at your job, you, you've hurt people, Again, every time Peter heard that rooster, he was reminded of his failure. But you got to remember, this is perfect timing too. So after the resurrection, when Jesus appeared to the disciples again, there's a moment where Jesus was on the beach, right? You guys remember this one? And then Peter, they were out in the boat and they couldn't catch anything. And, and Jesus told them to throw the net on the other side. And they did. 
and they were asking who the man was and Peter knew exactly who it was and he jumped in the water and he swam back swam back to shore where Jesus was making him breakfast and the Lord asked him three times do you love me and he did that as a sign because he, he told him he would he told Peter you would deny me three times Jesus asked him three times do you love me you know and Peter said yes and and, and Jesus restored him and he does the same for us he does the same for us so it doesn't matter what we've done Jesus will restore us with his love so don't listen to the rooster crowing and shatter the soundtrack of shame amen God bless you guys.